Welcome back. This week on the Cedarville Stories podcast, we welcome Cedarville Athletics Hall of Fame inductee, Carrie Hoffman. Carrie is the all-time leader in three-point shots made, three-point field goal percentage and assist, and second all-time for points scored with 2,275. She served as head coach from 2016 to 2020, leading her team to three regular season conference championships. And this spring, she was named head women's basketball coach at NCAA Division I Wright State University. Enjoy this conversation with your host, Mark Weinstein. Thank you, Sarah, and welcome back to another episode of the Cedarville Stories podcast. I am Mark Weinstein, your host, and I know I've shared this on multiple podcasts, but I want to thank you again for being a faithful listener to the Cedarville Stories podcast. We're well over 18,000 downloads, and the followers continue to increase with each program. So thank you for subscribing to this program, and I trust you are being blessed by the remarkable stories that we get to share on the program. On today's podcast, I am joined by a recent Cedarville University Athletic Hall of Fame member. She is Carrie Flunker Hoffman, and she is arguably one of the Cedarville's most decorated women's basketball players in our history. She is the second all-time leading scorer with 2,275 points. She ranks first all-time in three-point shots made, three-point field goal percentage, and assists. She also ranks third in the all-time coaching victories record behind her mentor and father figure, Kirk Martin and Kathy Freeze. We'll talk about all these stats later in the program. Today, Carrie is the head women's basketball coach at Wright State University, an NCAA Division I program that competes in the Horizon League. It's my honor to welcome Cedarville Hall of Famer Carrie Hoffman to the program. Welcome, Coach. Thank and you. It's great to be back. It's great to see you. Uh, we're doing this by Zoom uh, during this uh, COVID year, and uh, but there's so much to discuss on today's podcast, and uh, I want to start with the main thing. And that is your faith, your faith story. Uh, can you share with us how you met Jesus and when he really became real to you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I grew up classic, you know, classic Cedarville answer here. I grew up uh, in a Christian home with, um, you know, two parents that definitely, um, you know, were trying to set me on the right path, grew up in the church. Yep. Um, I had a Lutheran background um, and just, you know, really grew in my faith, uh, slowly, I would say, um, throughout my elementary years into my high school years. Um, and that's where I would say it matured. Um, there was a, um, a youth encounter, which was just basically a weekend where you, uh, just had an encounter with the Lord. Um, and so I went on one of those, um, and it really just kind of spurred me on in my faith and, and made it uh, more of a, a, a real part of my everyday life. And, you know, I remember uh, trying to to learn how to study the Bible uh, in high school, you know, as part of youth groups and, and Bible studies. And those meant a lot to me. Uh, just kind of knowing I had that foundation was really important, um, you know, moving into college and, um, you know, just didn't know where that would take me. But, um, you know, finding the Lord at a, a younger age, you know, I don't have a date. I don't have, you know, that sure. that one moment um, that was kind of life changing. But um, definitely it was, it was a slower process throughout my, my growing up in my childhood. And, um, it was a, it was a, one of those experiences where God was very real to me at certain points in my life. 
um, where I knew that there was no other, other place to point, but the Lord. Um, and just knowing that he was, he was in my heart. Um, and, and my parents definitely had a huge, huge part of that. I, I assume, um, your time at Cedarville as a student kind of ha- had to help you a little bit in, in the discipleship process of, of your faith. Is that true? Absolutely. I, I don't know how I can't, you know, it, right. you're, you're not, you know, taking full advantage of Cedarville if, if it's um, not helpful. And so it was life-changing, quite honestly, Mark. It was, um, I, I really, I had a national letter of intent to play at a different university and God really just was like, you are, absolutely going to Cedarville. All signs were, were very clear and um, didn't want to, you know, I was a little reluctant, um, but, um, you know, said I, I would give it a semester and go. Um, and, you know, at that entire four, I actually stayed five years, um, but it was life-changing and I couldn't imagine um, going throughout my college years anywhere else. Uh, it really grew me as a person, gave me the foundation of Christ, right. um, and you know, absolutely made my lifelong friends there. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm talking with uh, Carrie Hoffman today on the on the podcast, and when I reflect on keeping the main thing, the main thing, my mind goes to your mentor, and I would say your father figure, Kurt Mar- Kirk Martin. Um, can you reflect on his impact on your life from a spiritual and a athletic perspective? Yeah. I mean, he's, he's been a huge, um, mentor in my life in many aspects. And he was just a, a one of the biggest difference makers, uh, in my four years at Cedarville, he single-handedly turned, turned the basketball program around in, in like sure a did. year. Uh, and I was able to be a part of that growing process. Um, but seeing him coach was one thing, um, and, and operate as a father, as a husband, um, just kind of watching how he, um, talked about people, how he treated people, um, what he was all about. And and that was keeping Christ first and foremost in his life. And so keeping the main thing, the main thing was his motto. I heard it probably a million times in my four years with him. Um, but you know, that's, that's something that, um, is absolutely, um, first place and it should be in our lives. And so he's, you know, helped me as a coach. He's helped me as, um, just obviously as a player, you know, learning from him, he was really good at motivating and making sure that we, if we let him down, it was like the world's worst thing. You didn't, you did not want to let coach Martin down. Um, and so that's why he got his players to play super hard and, and, um, he was just really good at his job. So I'm super thankful for him and just how he has encouraged me in all aspects of my life. And you're still close with him today, right? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I give him a hard time because he's about, four miles down the road right now from my office and he still hasn't popped his head in here. Um, but yeah, we keep in touch. We, uh, still hit the golf course every now and then. And more, more than that lately, it's been the pickleball court. So yeah. um, I got to beat him out on the pickleball court every now and then. So, I, yeah, I would think you'd be able to do that. He's old. <laughs> He's actually really good. He's really good at it. So, but while I'm on the, while I'm on the topic of, of Kirk Martin, I know this is your podcast, but, uh, <laughs> I heard from several times. I heard several times um, about how he recruited you, and uh, including when he took a puddle jumper air, airplane. Actually, you lived in Upper Wisconsin, so you couldn't even just fly to your house. You had to fly to a place and then drive a long way. Yeah. But uh, but that initial um, uh, experience when he arrived at your house is quite memorable. Uh, do you remember it? And if you do, can you share about it? Absolutely. Um... 
you know, you recruited me and I was like, you know, this school in Ohio, you know, my brother went to Cedarville. So that is how we, we knew of it and how oh. Martin knew of me. Um, but I was, you know, I was kind of against the idea, um, of going that far from home and, and wearing skirts every day, uh, cause back then, uh, you had to, and they changed that rule, I think single-handedly for me, but, um, but yeah, when he, when he said he was going to make a home visit, I was like, oh, this is, this is going to be interesting, but, um, you know, it got even more interesting. It, he, he, uh, got off the plane, which, yeah, you have to fly into, if you're going to fly directly, the closest airport to my house is in Iron Mountain, Michigan. So right across the border of Wisconsin and the UP, it's the tiniest little airport. Um, and you, there's really like 20 seater planes that fly into there. Um, and so he gets off of that. I guess it had bad turbulence. I don't know. He's, you know, weak in the stomach anyway, probably, but he gets off the airplane, drops his barf bag in the <laughs> trash can, and then shakes my mom's hand. And he gets gets to the house, and um, he's like, I just, I'm dizzy. I don't feel good. Like, I think I have vertigo. And sure enough, the next, I mean, I think he stayed two nights, maybe. It was a long visit. At least it felt long. Um, but yeah, it was, it was super... I felt really bad for him, uh, quite honestly, you know, it was, it was eye opening, uh, to number one, have like one of the first college coaches in our house, uh, staying there, but then the poor man was just sick the whole time. Um, I remember one of my best high school friends, we were like peeking out the window and he was out in the yard, just vomiting. And, and she looked at me and she was like, are you really going to go play for that guy? <laughs> and that's just one of my favorite lines. Cause um, you know, little did I know he was, he was just the best thing that, uh, that ever really happened in my, in my college career. And um, you know, I'm thankful that he took one for the team and flew to the UP uh, to recruit me. Uh, in talking with Kirk, I know he's uh, quite happy that uh, he made that trip. He's very thankful that you joined us and uh, as, as we all are. So you had, you made a great, um, impact on our program as a player and as a coach. And we'll talk about that uh, later in, in the program. But as I mentioned in the introduction, uh, you hold several lofty accomplishments in Cedarville women's, Cedarville women's basketball. You're number two all-time leading scorer. You are number three all-time in coaching victories behind Kirk and Kathy Fries. What accomplishment brings you the greatest satisfaction? Maybe it's something other than these yeah. accomplishments. Yeah, I think it definitely is. You know, it's, I really wanted to be the type of player that my teammates liked playing with. And, um, you know, to hear some of that, like after I was done or, or just keeping some of the, the, the teammates I had on the team as my best friends, you know, that means more to me than anything. And, um, you know, I think that's just, you know, the way that you um, put the team first. And I think that was, that was very important to me. Uh, representing the program well uh, was really important to me. Being a leader was really important to me. Um, you know, even the so in the national tournament uh, in the NAIA, I don't know if they still do this, but um, the second place team normally gets some sort of hustle award um, given to them. And I received that uh, my junior year, I believe, when we lost. Um, so they recognize, you know, the loser. Um, but even in losing, you know, doing that, um, respectfully and in an honorable way, I think, uh, just, just meant a lot to me, you know, and just how you carry yourself. So 
I really, I really appreciated the, uh, the assist record, but that's probably just because I played with Brittany Smart and a bunch of other good players that I passed the ball to. Um, but I enjoyed that part of the game of basketball for sure. Yeah, you're a team, team player and a team coach. Um, one, one story I've heard from several is, I don't know how early this was in your college career, I suspect it was pretty early, that you guys just lost a game. Maybe you missed the last shot, I don't know. And um, after Coach Martin was done talking with you in the locker room, you were out uh, shooting uh, shots, I think with your dad. Mm-hmm. Is that true? Yeah, it was opening weekend. We hosted the opening tournament at Cedarville. And um, it was down to the wire in the, I believe it was the, the championship game. I think we played those not as classics, but as a tournament. And we were playing on Saturday for the championship and um, down to the wire, last play, we needed a stop. Yeah. And I, my girl scored. I mean, it was just, oh. I was a freshman. I was on the floor late in the game, exactly where I'd want to be, you know, big time moments. And I let the team down. And, you know, that was a situation where I just had high expectations for myself and that was unacceptable. And there was nothing else I knew what to do to, to handle processing that letdown than get out on the floor. And, you know, that's, that was just an outlet for me and, and get back out there and get some shots up and, and control what I could control. And, um, you know, it definitely helped me to do that with my dad for sure too. Yeah. And, and that uh, spoke volumes to coach Martin and to your teammates. Uh, it was a huge statement that uh, you take this game seriously and you're going to put your greatest effort out and uh, you're not going to satisfy with, be satisfied with um, being average. So, I'm talking with Kerry Hoffman today on the Cedarville Stories podcast. And in a short period of time, you're going to be inducted into the Cedarville University Athletic Hall of Fame, Kerry. What does that mean to you? It means the world. You know, I think that's a that's one of the biggest honors you could get from a school um, as an athlete. And so that absolutely means a lot to me. You know, I'm very thankful for um, the committee that, that chose me to be a part of that. Um, I take it with big responsibility. Um, and you know, it's Cedarville and Cedarville women's basketball, uh, just, just means a lot to me and it always will. Um, so being able to, to be a staple in the, in the hall of fame and, and be up there with a bunch of those other, um, faces that kind of just went before me, um, hopefully that can flip around and have some really incredible athletes behind me, uh, in the hall of fame. So it's just, it's just a huge honor and, and it means a lot. So one thing that comes with being inducted into the Hall of Fame is you get to speak in chapel. Would you be nervous? (laughs) Well, you know, I actually um, had to cancel that. Oh, because unfortunately, I was literally laying up in bed at night thinking about what I was going to say in chapel. I was so excited. Um, And we have an all staff meeting at 10 o'clock on September 27th when they asked me to speak. So that ha- I had to bow out of that because I can't, I can't make my new boss mad. Um, and no. the one meeting that he has every year. Um, so hopefully in the, in the future, I'll be able to be able to get back on stage. I felt like that was a big honor to be asked. Um, but you know, it's, it's not going to work on this year. Um, and that was just a change that was made like a, a week ago. Okay. I didn't know about that. So you mentioned your new boss. So that means, uh, um, earlier this year, you made a decision to leave your alma mater to become the head women's basketball coach at Wright State University. It's a great, uh, great opportunity for you. 
Was that difficult? Was that a difficult decision, uh, given your longstanding relationship with Cedarville? Uh, absolutely. Uh, it was it was one of the hardest decisions I've ever had to make. Um, but at the same time, it was um, one that was very clearly directed by the Lord. And I know that's kind of a cliche uh, Christianese statement, but, sure. uh, you know, it's it was one of those situations where I was praying about it so hard. You know, I did not want to make a make a wrong decision. And I've just seen so many times in this profession, coaches make a move like this. It kind of either derails their career or it bounces them around for years, you know, where they just, you know, really can't find their footing again, you know, and they, they get out of, you know, a place where they had a really good situation and, and they have trouble finding that again. You know, I, I knew, I knew exactly what I was leaving behind at Cedarville. You know, it, it is, it is one of the best place to work. Um, it is absolutely one of the best places to coach women's basketball. Right. And I knew that, you know, knowing, knowing just um, the type of athlete we get to coach there, uh, it makes your job super fun, super fulfilling, um, you know, and just, just easy, quite, quite honestly, it's just, just a great place to just enjoy your job. Um, so I absolutely had a hard time wrestling with it, but um, quite honestly, this job um, popped in my lap and within a week and a half, two weeks of, of being interested in the job, um, I, I had the job. And, you know, it was one of those really quick turnarounds where God was evident in every step along the way. Um, and, and the signs were clear that I needed to make this move. And, um, you know, because of that, I, I have complete peace about it. And, yeah. and one of the biggest parts about it was that I didn't have to leave completely, completely my Cedarville community, community, right. you know, I, I'm, I'm still 22 minutes down the road. And, um, that, that meant a lot to me to not just completely uproot my whole family and all my friends and our church and, and all that, just, um, just for this career. And that meant a lot to me. Yeah. Yeah. So, so when I hear that story, Carrie, you're really the only wrong decision or bad decision that you could have made is not take it. Cause you've clearly felt the Lord's leading, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's honestly how I felt. I felt like I was going to be telling God no, when he absolutely was telling me to go. And that is the worst place you can be. Um, That's right. Knowing that I'd still be blessed at Cedarville and, and have, you know, if I stayed there, it's not like my life would be terrible. But um, I, I do think God had this plan a while ago for me to be here. Um, and it was really cool to watch him work to get me here. Yeah. So let's transition to your time at Wright State. I remember I watched the news conference when you were introduced by Wright State Athletic Director Bob Grant the community there. And one comment that he made has stuck with me, and I'll paraphrase it because I can't quote it verbatim, but he said something to the fact that I knew right away that Kerry Hoffman is a rock star and the right choice for Wright State University women's basketball. My question to you is, in your mind, what made Wright State the right choice for you besides besides the Lord's leading? Yeah. Um, I think it was just aligning mission statements, quite honestly. Um you know, I coach for, for one reason, and that is to really invest in my players' lives and make a difference in their four years in college. And, um, you know, I love basketball. I love all parts of coaching. Um, but I think it's super fulfilling to see a player come in as a, you know, 18-year-old and leave as a 22-year-old, a different person, more mature, and see how basketball grows them while they're, they're doing that. 
Um, so I think it was just aligning mission statements and, and um, Bob Grant, the athletic director over here in his administration has that exact same mentality of it is you are coaching a person first. You need to care about them. You need to love on them. You need to impact them. And um, that, that just, that's why I was interested in the job. Number one, it was cause I, I saw that on the internet and I was like, okay, like, let's see if they actually really believe it. Right. You know, it's, it's people first, it's student second, and then it's athletes third. And I'm like, can that really actually take place in a D1 program? And, and one that's been successful for the last 10 plus years, you know, right. uh, let's, let's see if that's actually the case. You know, I, I was like, you know, an interview can't hurt at least. Um, and so the minute I got, um, on campus for that interview, I basically had the mindset of, I have a really good job. There's nothing to be nervous about here, but let's see if they can answer these questions that I have, um, and see if, if, if I feel like they're backing those up, um, with, you know, the people that they hire, um, you know, the administration here, and then, you know, some of the athletes that we, we may, uh, talk to and, and absolutely with, within the first hour, within the first hour of my interview, I could tell that people over here were genuine, authentic, and they cared about people and they cared about their student athletes. And, um, you know, that the athletic director, we had one of our first preseason practices yesterday. Um, and, and the, um, assistant athletic director was there the whole time. And so just, you know, she's cheering them on, she's calling them by name. She knows all the athletes. Uh, and that just meant a lot to me. Like they really practice what they preach over here and they care about people. And that's, uh, the most important thing. That's great. So actually what, uh, when they were interviewing you, you're really interviewing them. Yes. And that's, that's actually a mindset I went into, um, to not be nervous. You know, I was like, you know, this is a great experience. There's nothing to lose here. Um, and to make this move from Cedarville, it had to be so obvious that all, all my questions had to be answered perfectly for me to, you know, kind of sacrifice what I had at Cedarville. Right. And, um, it was really wild to see those answers to the T. I mean, they, they, it was one of those God moments where it gives you goosebumps, but there were several things where I was just like, you know, God, I need this answer, um, answered perfectly. And it, it, it was to the T, you know, to the, to the minute detail, uh, of what I was looking for. So it was just really, really cool. That, that is so, so exciting. Now, I'm talking with Kerry Hoffman today on the podcast and, you alluded to this earlier, you know, it was a very difficult decision for you to leave Cedarville to go to Wright State. You mentioned that, but one of the things that was, that was important is being a mother of three and Jimmy, your husband, you didn't have to uproot the family, but how was the family from the beginning of the idea that you may go to Wright State? How were they dealing with that? Um, because my entire family loves Cedarville so much, um, they, you know, there was a little bit of hesitancy there. You know, my my brother went to Cedarville, has deep roots. You know, my mom has seen both of us kind of grow up there. And she just, you know, was like, you sure you want to do that? You, you have it really good. And um, Jimmy was was very supportive and open and, and was praying hard through it all with me. And, um, you know, the kids are six, four and two, so they didn't they didn't know too much difference. Um, but, you know, knowing that it could be a place where we could take a, a you know, a step in, in our career. Um, and kind of make our home life a little better um, and be in a situation where people care about the, the athletes, not so much the success. It's not win at all costs, you know, and not have to move your family 
Um, Jimmy's family's from around here too. That was huge. You know, they've been a huge help in, in helping us raise our kids and um, a support system. So yeah, they, they were hesitant at first, but when they saw um, me get really excited about it and they saw how God was working through all those details, um, they were so excited. They were two feet in, were ready to go um, and, and supported me 100%. So it was, a, it was a spiritual teaching moment as well for your, your children. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, they, they say all the time, like, where are the Cedarville girls? And you know, they're, they're, they're making the transition as well, but being able to, um, you know, teach them through, um, just trusting the Lord and following his plan and, um, you know, making sure that they understand it's, you know, there's, there's a lot more, um, of, of the world to see and people to meet. And and this could be a really good thing in, in the Cedarville community, and those players aren't out of their lives. And that's, um, that's huge. They, they love those little girls uh, a lot and they've really kind of grown up with them. So, yeah. um, yeah, it, it's, it's fun. And, and now the right state players, they're loving on them too. And it's been really fun to see. That's great to see. So Carrie, I say, I want to transition for the final part of the podcast to talk about, you know, coaching. Um, what are some characteristics of you that have made you successful coaching college students? Hmm. Uh, that's a good question. I would say one of the first things would just be um, being myself. You know, I think being genuine. Um, players nowadays are very smart and they can read right through, um, you know, if you're being fake, if you're um, saying things that you don't mean. Um, and I think just being able to be myself um, and, and show them like I'm not perfect you know, apologize when I need to, um, you know, show them, you know, the areas that I am good at, um, in coaching, but maybe some areas that I'm not as well, you know, having just kind of a, um, a humble spirit, I think has been helpful because I I really don't know a ton about coaching. I just know how I played and I know how to be competitive and I know how to motivate. And, um, I think, you know, players, players these days, they, they want someone that, um, you know, they can be real with, they can be open with, they can trust. And, um, you know, and, and they, they do a lot of the work for you quite honestly. So, um, you know, I'm continuing to, to learn the game and learn how to be a better X's and O's coach for sure. Um, but I, I do lean on a lot of my playing experience, even though it was like a long time ago now, <laughs> I'm having a harder time remembering it. That's for sure. But <laughs> Uh, just being genuine. Um, and then, you know, my competitive spirit definitely comes out every now and then. Yeah, that competitive spirit uh, definitely helps. And I, I, I just have to have a great feeling that uh, you're going to be very successful at Wright State, not just on the basketball court, with, but in the lives of your student athletes. And that's really the most important thing that you'll be doing. Um, so when is the first home basketball game for you? The, the season starts when for you at home? Yeah, we play, we don't have that many home games actually this year um, for non-conference. But our first home game date is Wednesday, November 24th. So the day before Thanksgiving, we play against Xavier. Okay. So on my, Um, so on my birthday, when you're walking, when you're walking out on the Nutter center floor, what's it going to feel like for you? (laughs) I'm going to be thinking happy birthday, Mark Weinstein. I like that. I like that. Maybe I'll maybe I'll come for the game. <laughs> Please do. I'll get you a ticket. Okay. 
Um, you know, it, I don't know how it's going to feel. This whole experience has been kind of surreal for me, you know, just, you know, when I, I still walk into this building some days and I'm like, how did I get here? What yeah. happened? Yeah. Um, and I, I think, you know, I've gone to so many games in the Nutter Center and I've gone to concerts in the Nutter Center. I've, you know, I've been around, um, but just now for it to be my team that I'm coaching, uh, in, in the Nutter Center will just kind of be crazy. So, I don't know how I feel. I'm probably have be full of nerves. Hopefully not. Um, but you know, it'll, it'll be a fun experience and, uh, just a growing experience this season for sure. Yeah. And Xavier, that's a big opponent to start off with, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Not starting off easy. We, we actually have a pretty tough non-conference uh, schedule. Wow. That's, that's great. So in, in our final minutes together, I only have time for really a couple more questions. Let me bring the conversation back full circle. Um, how do you hope your friends and your former colleagues at Cedarville uh, view you or what do you think your legacy uh, will be here at Cedarville? Um, just that I treated people right, that I cared about them, that I cared about the program um, and that I did all that with the foundation of, of keeping Christ first in my life. You know, I think that's to sum, to sum that up, um, you know, just, there's just so many good people at Cedarville that I want to keep part of my life. And, um, you know, all my best friends were my teammates there and they, they always will be. And just, you know, having, having the, the intentionality to continue those friendships and, uh, just keeping people, um, just a priority and relationships priority. I think that's, that's something I've tried to do as well. Um, but yeah, that I cared about the program, the university and kept Christ uh, first doing it. So I assume you'll be back for homecoming here at Cedarville because Absolutely. of your. Yep. Okay, that's that's good. And uh, will you wear you'll you'll wear Cedarville colors, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I still have too many Cedarville clothes. <laughs> <laughs> I understand when you work here a long time, you can uh, collect a lot of clothing. And yeah, uh, yep. I've good. kept a bunch of it because you know I'm always going to be an alum. That's for sure. That's great to hear. So, Carrie, my last question as we get ready to wrap up the program is. At the core of Cedarville stories, our purpose is to tell Cedarville stories for God's glory. So how how are you bringing God glory, or how do you hope you're bringing God glory through what you're doing at Wright State? Yeah, hopefully I'm just uh, carrying out his purpose for my life. You know, I think everyone has um, given been given gifts, and, you know, seeing how athletics and basketball in particular has, um, just taken me places in my life. I never could have scripted that. Um, but that wasn't by accident. It was by God's doing and his, um, his gifts that he's given me. Um, you know, I, I really feel incredibly blessed to be where I'm at and to have been where I've been. Um, I don't deserve any of that, but, um, hopefully God gets all the glory and, and I continue to point others towards him. Well, I wish you uh, the very best uh, in all that you do at Wright State. I'm a I'm a fan of uh, of the Raiders. So I, I, I guess I should say what Raider up, Raider up, baby, Raider up. And uh, thanks for joining me on the podcast. Congratulations on making the Hall of Fame here at Cedarville, and uh, keeps keep supporting the uh, the the Yellow Jackets. It's good to Absolutely. see you today. Always will. Thank you for listening to the Cedarville Stories podcast brought to you by Cedarville University. If you were encouraged by today's episode, share it with a friend. Please rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcast provider. And connect with us at Cedarville on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. 
And be sure to come back next week when we'll hear another inspiring Cedarville story for God's glory.